Hi. Hey. How are you? I'm doing really good. How are you? Good. You get to see beautiful Palm Springs. Yeah. So you're sitting in Palm Springs in your new rental property that you just purchased down there? Uh, yeah. A good friend of mine and I have purchased a home in the middle of Palm Springs in a really good location. And we've been down here kind of fixing it up. Um, and getting it ready for a customer, actually, that needs it because they're moving down here. So, yeah, Got it. it's uh, been really hot. Um, I know, it's hot down there right now. There's I think it of, wasn't it like 100 or something last week? It was, and yeah. so I was inside, AC on. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> well, cool. It is that's a little crazy. Yeah, that's a nice new venture. And I kind of did the same thing this year with uh, Phoenix, just kind of branching out into different markets, which was kind of an interesting experience. And I'm sure you kind of learned a lot about California real estate and their contracts and, and all that sort of thing, too. Yeah, the especially, yeah, the California contracts, uh, I was helping friends in Del Mar last weekend or the weekend before and like looking in La Mesa and just really understanding the different intricacies of that the contract itself is completely different from yeah. Washington State. It is, in my opinion, definitely geared more towards a seller. Mm -hmm. general opinion, but it feels like, at least in Washington, you know, with the MLS contracts, you know, most of the time the, the, the outline's pretty transparent and it feels like there are less transparencies uh, in, in other states. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, we just get used to our process and what we, is the norms and stuff like that. But then like we go, I mean, I felt like Phoenix was um, a lot of disclosures, but they run their contingencies a lot differently and just overall feels a lot different than the like work you, we do. So you think you're waiving something, they, they still make you do the contingency. Yeah. It's really kind of interesting. Whereas you're trying to be competitive and you're trying to say, okay, I'd like to beat out whatever other offers. But they, you know, Washington or uh, California doesn't even have an escalation clause. Mm -hmm. So it's as if though you could write that in on an addenda and you know do that. But then it's like, but you know, who the sellers? No. I don't know yeah. what that. Is, what what's this escalation? Why didn't you just offer that to begin with? So yeah, and then and then the brokers also get their uh, feathers ruffled too. So like in Phoenix, the market, it's so funny to see how competitive it is down there in comparison to like, I mean, we've been doing the competitive market, you know, thing for a while now, right? We have it down where it was in, you know, 2006, seven, whatever, you know, five, six, seven. And then our next little burst that we had in 15, 16, 17. Mm -hmm. And then now we're back at it again. Whereas I feel like Phoenix is in, in that general area. This is like the first, like, really big like competitive market they've been in um and so like they're they're changing their not really but just in terms of um the how creative they are getting seems to be pretty normal for us but it feels pretty creative for them yeah and i'm finding that creative for them i'm learning new kind of tactics in the sense of and i don't want to say tactics or like but just ways of you know Depending, yeah, depending on like if you're the listing agent or if you're the, you know, selling broker, you know, the selling representative, it's like, how do you protect, you know, the, 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 the listing itself, you know, you don't want somebody coming in about that liability, right? So I mean, it's really yeah. getting creative without 
overextending and getting yourself, you know, putting uh, your buyer or seller at risk of some sort of you back out and the listing looks bad or whatever. Liability. Yeah. But trying to, you know, I'm not an attorney, but I'm just, you know, trying to say, uh, uh, keep, keep the liability to a minimum. <laughs> so. Yeah, for sure. Good. Well, um, thank you for coming on today. Um, it's probably been long, long overdue, just kind of checking in. And we've been working together I, for how many years now? Is it, can I say work yeah. wife? Okay. Yeah. And you're my work husband. Yes. All right. So <laughs> I've been saying that forever. I feel like even in 2010, when I came on to Point Through Real yep. Estate, out to me, and I think I'd hit a ceiling. I was, you know, hate like, the 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 you know the the market crash you know eight oh nine and helping with short sales because at the time I was uh, selling condominiums and I was working with a developer and I was working with Bank of America and I was helping with short sales and foreclosures and modifications of loans with buyers and reselling yeah. condos all that type of stuff and then you know I sort of had a uh, uh, a phase out you just get burned out of being this cheerleader for everybody you know and just trying to help because that's really the relationship for me, for you, for that's our business. And that's, you know, try to protect. And so, but even this pandemic has led to like almost kind of a revisionist of uh, the 2010 where I'm like, oh my God, the energy that you expend is like, I really do have a finite amount. And so I need, <laughs> you think, well, and I'm also 42. Like, uh, I'm like, ah, you know, but I need these recharges. So yeah. um, I'm, Picking and choosing the team, you know, growing the team, working with Point Three Real Estate, and just like loving the environment that you've created, that 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 we've all created, the whole you know company. Really, uh, such a much better experience than like you know this the traditional Windermere, the whatever else, the other type of thing. Well, so. there was a time there in 2010 where we were just like busting doing leasing. I mean, leasing was our, our biggest thing in 2010, right? Without the sales market kind of crashed, and we were like, we just, yeah, <laughs> we're like the least king and queen. So no. um, and that, that obviously has turned into something else this day where we both still do, you know, a fair amount of rentals, but sales is kind of, you know, the focus um, that we've all kind of taken on. And you do, I think you geographically, though, are um, a lot, you're more everywhere. I kind of definitely have centralized myself um, just based on my roles and stuff like that. But you definitely, I mean, you had a couple, you had home sale over in Hood Canal, right? Did you have yeah. one on the islands too? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Cortis up in Bow, Washington, uh, Union, Seabeck. Like, I kind of like a challenge, but I like to fully understand different types of, you know, roles and perspectives and what is a land purchase and what does that mean and what are soft costs versus hard costs and what are, you know, is it waterfront and beachfront and like, what does that mean? And, you know, mm -hmm. just a well and, you know, how far do you have to go? Like, just all different types from condos to single families. And so for me, I just that sponge and I just, I get bored. So I just, yeah. I'm like, when somebody's like, oh, do you know anything about this? And I'm like, well, if I'm not the expert, I will absolutely, you know. Find someone, yeah. Yeah, find somebody. But like, in general, I really try to be, there was a time, I think I had a couple listings in uh, Bainbridge Island condo listings. And there is that whole, you know, you get that, oh, you're not from Bainbridge, sort of like, 
they won't show sort of thing, you know, but that, I don't know if that's really doing justice to your buyer. So anyway. Yeah, yeah, for sure. My area is all over. I do prefer King County, but. Yeah. <laughs> but I do find myself in Kitsap and Pierce and Snowho and yeah. all, all others. So, yeah. Nice. And then your um, team right now, I know you have Alex um, that has Seven. been kind of. Yeah, your backbone here for this this last year. Yeah, up a year ago in March, and she has been incredible. Like the new yeah. construction, the listing, awesome. like just all that has been just such a helpful asset. And we've got a couple other team members that have just uh, are onboarding right now, just with social media and just kind of the expansion of just our uh, overall presence of you know it's Refetto Real Estate, but Ryan Refetto is it's me. So yeah. new that type of stuff. So yeah, it's been great. Well, I was just gonna say like last year felt like a blur, right? I mean. Yeah, it totally was. I feel like you were the, and I know I mentioned this in our, our last little, um, our virtual gala that we did, but you definitely were the, the Lone Ranger that was out there. Like, I mean, I feel like you were the one on the grounds when everyone was kind of like inside and yet you just kept still like plowing through things. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a blur. Um, and it's so weird to like, I'll have a conversation. I'll be like, oh yeah, last year. I'm like, wait, no, that was actually two years ago. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to forget 2020. 2020. Yeah. It's like gone. <laughs> yeah. There were tire kickers. Nobody was out there kicking tires. It's like, this is a serious thing. We, oh, you yeah. know, then it's literally an appointment, but it was also like, it was also the only time that they might've had to be with other people. And so yeah. then it was, oh, let's talk, you know, let's talk mm -hmm. more and you're like, other things, but you know, so it's, yeah. Sorry, say it again and cut out. Oh, I just said, welcome to the new year. I'm really yeah. excited. 20, 2021, which is almost halfway over. Is that crazy? Uh, it is, uh, yeah. May yeah. is typically one of our busiest, you know, for real estate, May is a okay. very busy, up through like Memorial. So, you know. Mm -hmm. So are, are you bringing on quite a few uh, more listings? Or are you working with a lot of buyers right now? The majority are more listings at the moment. Mm -hmm. So uh, the buyers that I do have, it's been strategic um, for longer term kind of results. So yep. they have property, but it's like a specific place that they're looking for more of like a forever type. So those are most of the buyers that I have right now or their investors and, uh, or first time some, but mm -hmm. um, are listings. And it's really existing properties that are condos that were secondary that they've had for 10 years that I might've sold okay. in 06, 08. And so now the market has come to a point, but rates are so low that people are just kind of, oh my gosh, the Fed's gonna raise this or do that or whatever. And so it's like, you know, it is more affordable for a lot of people, mm -hmm. even PMI and put less down in some instances. Yep those traditional norms uh, aren't, aren't out the window, but they, they, there are so many different tools in your belt that yep. like find and, you know, but, but having the right kind of leader, you know, handholding is key. Yep. Yeah, I mean, this market's kind of like that, right? And I know today we're gonna <laughs> dive into a couple just like things that you do, um, you know, to, to with competitive offers, like how do you get ahead? How do you win a deal? I know you just had a really frustrating one yesterday, um, which you may or may not talk about, but 
um, it is frustrating and it is right now for a lot of buyers um, and agents, you know, you work really hard with the buyer, you try and everything you can um, to coach them, but then also, you know, make an impression with the listing agent when you're going up against, you know, 30 other people. Um, and it's hard not to feel that rejection, I guess, as the buyer, but then as the agent, you start to feel that too, because you start feeling bad for your client and you're also working overtime, um, you know, trying to make these deals work. And, you know, I've talked to a few other agents who are like, yeah, I'm the busiest I've ever been. I'm just not making money <laughs> or it's just not, or we're just not like selling anything. Right. Um, and that just but, is because, go ahead. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of that that goes into it. I mean, you know, the, yeah. the, the free type, it's not free. I mean, that's why that's, this is all about the relationship. And so it's, Oh, totally. You know, then, okay, we, 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 that's like a fast track to learning, you know, what the mechanisms are and what your tolerances are, right? So, okay, let's, what are we going to learn from that? And so that's kind of then being that cheerleader yeah. of, all right, well, you know, we lost by this amount and, you know, we, we wanted an inspection or we wanted, you know, to write this type of letter or whatever. But at the end of the day, like, yeah, it really, yeah, you're working overtime to educate quickly because like the listings are on for four or five days, maybe yep. early except and sometimes that's the strategy too so um yeah it's it's definitely a lot uh yeah. I, I like that you said what you said you're spending a lot of energy educating quickly because again it could only take you know maybe four or five rejections and then you know buyers take a step back and think okay well maybe this isn't the right time for me to buy or maybe yeah. you know broker or maybe there's this or that yes <laughs> So, um, yeah, you do have to be on top of it. Um, so I guess starting just kind of with your bullet points of the things that, you know, you're doing or coaching, um, you know, what, what is your strategy overall when you're working with your buyers right now? At the moment, it's really, if it's a, if it's a property of interest, I really want to get the buyer, my buyer in like right away and more than once. I mean, you've got to see it, you know, in the day, at night, you've got to like, do research around the neighbors you've got to like yeah sure the inspection and all the like mechanics of the house itself is really important but every time you go into a place you see something different and so if they're going to make that that commitment and then you know maybe escalate or maybe you know remove contingencies and or or it's all cash or whatever it is i think that they need to see it at least two times not three, I mean, as many as possible and in different lights in different settings so that they feel really good about what it is that they might consider, you know, removing and or conceding, waiving or satisfying. So, but secondarily, it's really my job to have a good relationship with whatever the listing broker is or vice versa and really not be annoying, but yet like memorable. So. Yeah. <laughs> Constantly, always, you know, if I'm in an email or a text, it's like, these are my buyer's names, you know, this is, this is me, and this is what we're looking for, and this is, you know, and it's this constant, like, these little, little touch points of reminders of, like, who this is and who that is, so that when it does come in, if they're not looking at, like, love letters or whatever letter or photo or whatnot, that at least there's, like, name recognition, you know, so yep. I think yep. there's a lot that pre- you know, you do a lot of that prior to even writing an offer. They're like, oh, I don't want to write on that, but you've done, you know, that type of 
Yeah. Or, uh, so. I mean, it's just, it's connecting with the list, being communicative, you know, representing, being professional. Um, you know, we have in our industry so many agents that are not that. <laughs> and um, I think it's just making sure that if you know that you're working with a good agent, that you're mirroring that same style. Yeah. I think that that's where the transactional broker or like you're getting a discount and or fee. I mean, mm -hmm. you really what you're missing out on because you aren't being coached or led through a path that somebody has been through before hundreds of, and hundreds of times. So it's like, but at the end of the day, you're not the decision maker. You're always there just to educate and just to empower and whichever side is, you know, listing or buying. So I think lately it's been more of a strategy of, because most listings have review period. And so yeah. about offering early and why. And sometimes there's no harm in that, but sometimes there could be. So it's then, I think then where to be aggressive and or use that as leverage in the future if you decide to offer early or not. Yep. What is your, when you're deciding that, what is like, how are you coaching? Is it because you're throwing, is the strategy throwing out an offer before because it's going to be tight in contingencies and like a really, really super strong offer that would make, you know, the seller obviously think twice about the review period. Um, but I mean, that's the angle you have to go in at it. Um, yeah. I mean, getting a good deal, like if you're talking to a developer and a lot of the, the sales, even last year and early this year were off market sales. Mm -hmm. And these were things where I was researching permits, researching uh, developments, research engine, and then reaching out to developers and just starting a conversation. And then, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes it, it just works, right? Like some, it, it, it's off market and you're done and you didn't have to compete, but don't think of it as the in, intro to a deal. Like yeah. it's intro to the right price perhaps and to, you know, like get off market, right? So there's, there's, there's quite a few like variables, at least, you know, on that side, but as far as like offering early, I think it depends on the listing agent. If they're pretty green, sometimes it's like certain, certain things you can look at metrics and certain types of scenarios where, you know, the seller might be more If It's an estate sale and it's just about the money, totally different thing. And it's an attorney and whatever else. So it's really just, I think there's, quite a few variables involved, but it's really more about chance, um, but making sure that you have the opportunity again, so that if you offered and they say, no, we're going to wait, that mm -hmm. you're not again, but that you've got, you know, now you've got more money somehow appeared, you know, in your escalation that makes you then the seller might be offended that you didn't offer that in the first place. Yeah, so. I could see that for sure. Um, I would probably say, and maybe correct me or tell me what you're experiencing, the amount of people that are sellers that are accepting early offers would be what, like 15 to 20%, you think? Yeah, I would say like 15%. Yeah. 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 But sometimes it's worth a try and, and you just have to make sure that what you're coming forth with is like super strong and... Yeah, I was just saying that with condominiums, because like the Seattle Times had a pretty lame article about um, just the, 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 that it's the right 
time to be offering that you know sellers are really desperate and that whole thing and there's all this inventory that's coming but quite frankly well, it's like they're late <laughs> they're late yeah it's as if like well most people really miss urban villages and they miss going to the museum and miss going to see a hockey game and miss going to the concert and so as we you know yep. here towards different phases the urban village and even if you're at 30 percent you know commercial capacity and you're in the office, you know, two times a week or whatever, you still want those like urban amenities. So I don't. Well, I think one thing, one thing that on to touch on that condo specific for downtown um, is that, you know, last year there were so many new hires and people that were supposed to move last year um, that postponed and the, that demographic of people, let's say it's Amazon based or, you know, the, the new hire that's out of college, that's getting their first job, you know, maybe they're a software engineer, maybe, you know, at the various companies that we work with, but um, they, they don't want to go live on the east side. They don't, they want to live in an urban environment as close to campus and close to work as possible. So we have that group that is kind of compounded from last year, but then, you know, Amazon didn't really stop hiring whatsoever. So we then now have this new group of people coming in. So it's just kind of like this compound effect for people wanting to live in the downtown core um, or in these urban environments. And so I, I, that Seattle Times article again behind in that, you know, downtown, even from the beginning of the year has the marketplace has completely changed. Um, and, you know, on rental, the rental side and the sales side. So, um, yeah, I, I think that we're due for, um, you know, the condo market to kick back up. We did take a hit in the values on both rental and sales last year. But if you're priced right, you're definitely selling in a week here. We're not seeing, I'm not seeing multiple offers or really um, offer review periods yet, but we might just be on that little fine line that we could start seeing that maybe this summer um, if we start getting some momentum with more buyer activity. And I'm sure you could com concur that too. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there was yeah. a, a review period, you know, we had just seen a spike in like gridiron sales, you know, yeah. yep. a couple of years ago, uh, by, you know, Daniel's group, and they're doing the Emerald and some other one up on first hill, but it was, a, it was as if that because of some of the inventory on pending and sold, that it was the right time to like actually have a review period. And it just seemed to work out. So it was like one of those things yep. where an early but there was urgency and create, you know, and these types of things where I think that that's where we'll be able to, you know, these neighborhoods are totally established and they're awesome. It's like, and they're all different. And so like Belltown is really going to be super cool. There's no 99, you're next to the parks, you know, Speedy is down the street. So it's like, you know, you can walk everywhere, but it's quiet. Like at night, it's like, you know, super nice. And you just run along the So. I think that yes, the the older buildings are also like in 2020. Most of them had done kind of some major updates, common areas, uh, uh, you know, tucking and capping and like really solidifying themselves as 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 a better buy, a more attractive buy, and yep. a more foundation. So I miss. Being, I live in Madrona. I'm like <laughs> I miss downtown like every day, just because. Yeah walkability and you know just going to the market and I don't know going out to eat I think mostly but yeah well uh, yeah and I also think last year it was kind of like everyone who loves that vibrancy of living downtown and the kind of the conveniency I mean it's it's inconvenient conveniency sometimes but um 
you know, you, the people who love it are dedicated to living downtown, like where else would I live? And especially with everything that was going on last year, it's like, oh, isn't Seattle horrible? Well, yeah, but I mean, Ed, there was a period of time where it was kind of like, okay, come on. But now we're kind of rounding a corner. And even at that, you know, there, you get comments of like, oh, well, isn't everyone leaving Seattle? And, you know, all we have our fair share of problems because it's the city and, you know, we yep. have a lot of different people that are living here and, and, you know, some with addresses and some without, but, um, you know, I, I think that we just, the downtown core is something that won't go away in terms of, um, people wanting to live, live downtown. No, so, and I'm seeing the same on the East side. I mean, Bellevue, Kirkland, I mean, those are, I mean, downtown is going to be the most amazing office park. I've ever seen like it's really actually pretty cool in downtown park and Maidenbauer Beach Park and yep. so I've asked my partner many times if we could move to the east side and he yeah. did say that he would leave me um, so I can't. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Maybe you could get just like a um, a work week like that's where you you have a little pad for the work week. I mean, and Madrona's like your weekend stay. <laughs> Yeah, there are there are times. I mean, there's some really nice buildings. Bellevue Tower is like one eighty eight. Yeah, really nice, and it's yeah. like a culture, you know, downtown, and it's pretty, and it's kind of you know separate in the sense that the view corridors are going to remain. So there's part of me that likes the you know going over there, and I like that it feels like it's a different community and world and anything along that East Link light rail that keeps just headed to Redmond and is building, you know, quickly is becoming more of like that connection to the city. So I'm seeing, you know, those even so Lichten Springs, like, you know, Northgate is just totally going to blow up and kind of has been we'll move up and that light station opens in September. So and the NHL practice ring, but I just think as a whole, the downtown we're going to start to see a more competitive environment. We're going to start to see the new construction like Spire, sure, offering two years homeowner dues, you know, free or whatever. You know, there's going to be incentives, but at the end of the day, uh, not what is incentivizing the buyer because they might be able to get something that's more of a value and or work-life kind of balance than shiny and new. You know, they can personalize it themselves because some of these buildings have been built in 2000 to 2010 have done some incredible updates. Yeah, Newmark and you can talk about square footages too, right? So like in the 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 buildings built in that time period or even a little bit prior, you're, you're talking like your two bedrooms or, you know, 1,200, 1,300 square feet, maybe even 16. But um, when you get to the newer construction, that's, you know, kind of unheard of. It's They're a lot smaller footprint. They are new and they have all the nice amenities and a lot of the projects have those phenomenal views. If you're in for, into those views, it's nice to have some nice view projects or going, you know, going up. Emerald, I think Spiral has beautiful views too. Um, but yeah, I, I think if someone's looking for square footage in space, you're looking at a resale condo. I think so, uh, unless, you know, I mean, two bedrooms really didn't get hit that hard last year. I don't think. I think those were the ones, and it was yeah, really like, yep, studios and ones. Work from home space. If we're a couple, we need this, and and then that was where this like pocket of exodus, and then you really have to get into the variables specific project, each community, neighborhood, you know, and, and that were yep. 
expected more, but at the end of the day are becoming more popular now because of if you're a first time home buyer, it is less expensive to purchase a, a one bedroom, you know, at the Ellington or something like that, you know, with five and, you know, a partial view of the water in a great neighborhood. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, I think our, again, to sum this all up, the condo market will get there to where it's, uh, will be a little bit more competitive. But, you know, I, again, I had two offers submitted on that Seattle Heights unit that I brought back on, um, you know, within 24 hours of each other. And that was one that came back on from already pending. Um, and so it's, we're at that little, that point, we might see some offer reviews this summer, I think, downtown. Yeah, and especially but, like 2.1. 2.2. I mean, it was bigger. So in general, I think that those buyers are that in city, they have the house somewhere else yep. um, in Arizona. Or so the, there's a lot of the snowbird where I've I've got in contract now just you know three or four homes where they bought a condo downtown Bellevue or downtown Seattle, and so they they know that they're going to retire in five to eight years, and so that we're seeing trend of like, well, I don't need this house and I don't need the school district and I just want this urban pad. That's where the competitive market because they have a little bit more footing yep. is going to be. Yeah. Yep. So Good. Is there anything else you want to touch on as far as like strategy for the single family, you know, the true competitive offer, um, you know, strategy? Away. Okay. I mean, I would be your best bet. Wait, say that one more time because I think you might have cut out. I just said, <laughs> I just said, I don't want to give away all my strategy. Because yes, I, I know. <laughs> get the right broker to represent you. And if you need to get a hold of me, ryanrafetto.com or, you know. <laughs> all right. Uh, but yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, we all have our little tips and and strategies, but I think it's more so from the buyer's perspective, um, what they can, uh, I guess, expect, you know, um, obviously it's waiving your contingencies, doing all your due diligence up front, making sure financing, if you are doing financing is completely um, all up to date and in line and you've been scrubbed down and washed around and throw out the door and completely yeah. Like, <laughs> find certain counties have lower thresholds of uh, median home price. So if you are in a county, you, you can think, okay, well, if we go, if we're spending 20% down on this property in King County, then, oh, we've got for this other one in Kitsap or somewhere else. And so mm -hmm. I guess I would just say, you know, it was it's a good reminder to like understand the, the county that you're in. But yeah, financing all day, like that is the foundation to be competitive. So you feel good about going into something, knowing that that is not gonna be a hiccup whatsoever, or that you have the money or are willing to uh, pay any sort of difference uh, of a variable because you've waived, you know, your appraisal. So that yeah. sort of thing. But yeah. financing and having the right lending partner. So lending partner, broker, team, you know, is really 
I think the most important thing. Yep, I 100% agree. Yeah, and like I said before, and we see it all, there are a lot of agents out there that, and it really doesn't matter what the experience level, you don't have to be in real estate really for 20 years. I mean, but you have to have someone who's really savvy and, um, you know, knows the right moves and can communicates in the way that they need to be communicating and kind of tells you as the buyer, you know, all options and just being upfront too. I know I think a lot of agents sometimes, um, walk around their clients versus being kind of direct and, and, you know, this is, this is the market, this is what we're in. And, and it's not a pleasant, pleasant market to be out in the, um, out looking for a new home. You know, it's, it's very fierce and and competitive. So, but it's okay. It's okay to have an opinion though. So, I mean, you're not making the decision for people, but I think the gravitation with a customer and a broker would be, that you that you either understand the school district and or the the type of home you know and or are listening to what they really want in a perfect world and so i think then that is the more important thing of you know you can have an opinion based on what you're hearing from your customer and you're not saying you should offer up to x or whatever you're just just really trying to understand well, you understand what yeah, and understand relating with yeah, understanding what they are comfortable with and, and letting guiding it's basically hand holding and guiding, giving them the tools to put them in the best light in which they're comfortable with. Well, anything we're rounding out forty minutes here. Um if anyone has any questions, you can feel free to pop it in the comment section there. Um but anything else you want to touch on? No. Uh I don't think so. I think uh, this weekend is going to be bananas, so yeah. um, be aggressive, uh, comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, this this month, and then I think over Memorial, I think people are really going to want to. I feel like they're going to want to check out and actually like go on a vacation. So yeah, I think so little- too. In the sense of you know, listings, more listings, but there might be less buyer, you know, uh, pool. So maybe that's a better time to consider offering. So. Yep, and that has been a strategy that's worked. Um, I know for a couple of my buyers in the past too is those holiday weekends, right? When your competition is playing, what's the cats away, mice play <laughs> type of things, right? So no. never know. Yeah, good. All right. Well, um, I hope you enjoy the rest of your time in Palm Springs and get all your work done that you need to do down there. And you're coming back today or tomorrow? Tonight. Yeah, I'm coming back. And I hear it in Seattle or something. What'd you say? I heard it was like raining. (laughs) Actually, it's uh, partially, it was raining a little. Um, Not real rain, not Seattle rain, but it was sprinkling. Yeah. So. Yes. All right. I'm, I'm fine. As long as we, as long as we keep it to like the partial rain, and then we see some sun, and then we'll be okay. But I, I was looking back last year for this weekend. It was 80 degrees. Uh, I just saw it in one of my old stories that remember we had that really nice stretch of weather last year. I'm just waiting for that up here. <laughs> and well, we were outside, but yes, everybody, you know, meeting people, yeah. but most at home. So yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Good. All right, Rye. Always a pleasure. Pleasure. Thank you. Yep. We'll chat with you soon.
Bye guys. Thank you for joining. Bye guys.